Annie, Bozu, bonjour, and hi, everyone. Welcome to Hyphenated, the Mixed Mama Life podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and I'll be giving you regular doses of life as a mixed race mama. Reminder that you can follow me on Instagram at the Mixed Mama Life and to make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss out on any episodes. I'm releasing new ones every Friday morning. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. All right, so this week we have Lola T. Small joining us, and I'm excited for this episode. I met Lola online through her movement called Black Lives Rising and discovered that she not only she's not only one cool mama and wife in an interracial marriage, she's an award-winning and two times best-selling author, an entrepreneur, and just an all-around badass woman. <laughs> so for everyone, this intro is only a glimpse into what Lola is about, but we will dive into that more into this episode. So without further ado, Lola, thank you so much for being here and taking time to chat. Thank you so much, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me here. What an awesome podcast. When I first saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to be a part of that. And we're here today. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, I love it. Sometimes you just make these connections online. You just never know. And then, yeah, here we are. (laughs) So I'm going to dive right in and then let you kind of take the reins from there. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe start with like your mixed race family? Yes, um, uh, I'm personally uh, from Taiwan, so a little island uh, off Mm. the coast um, of China, south of Asia. Uh, And at the age of 11, I moved to the States with my family, uh, not knowing a word of English, not even my ABCs. uh, And then eventually, uh, you know, coming here to Canada for university at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. So uh, I've I've been around. My husband, he is first generation Canadian, but his family is from Barbados, so he's of Bayesian descent. Mm. Uh, and we have a son, Jordy, who is currently age five, going on 15. And uh, <laughs> of course, at age five, he knows he's Bayesian. You know, daddy's black, mommy's Asian. So um, it's, been, it's been quite the ride. Um, mm. I, I grew up, I like to always share with people that, you know, at age 11, I met white people for the first time wow. um, in Oregon. And then when we went, two years later, we moved to South Carolina and I met black people for the first time. So <laughs> I always kind of like to give a little bit of that background because I think it really, you know, it definitely shapes a little bit of, you know, kind of where I am now. And mm-hmm. uh, people would ask like, oh, how do you, how do your parents feel about marrying a black man? And I'm like, ah, you know, it's good. They met them when I was 13. So, you know what I mean? So um, (laughs) that kind of mixed culture and heritage has been on my path for, for Mm -hmm. a while. So, yeah. Um, Personally, I, I, um, you know, I'm a women's empowerment coach and of course, author, as you mentioned, and have really been about humanitarian efforts and, making the world a better place. So awesome. Oh, yeah. I love it. And that and that was a big part of why, you know, I wanted you on here. So that's, that's great. Any tips for fellow parents of mixed kids on raising their child or children, um, maybe with different cultures or different backgrounds, maybe even different languages? Like, I don't know if there's different, if there's different slangs or anything. 
but yeah, anything you can shed light on. Yes, absolutely. And you know, it's definitely not anything I ever really thought about. Um, and I think for those of us who are in mixed race relationships and marriages, it's not something we intentionally like, oh, I'm going to marry somebody of a different yeah. race and let's see what happens and how we raise our kids. It's, we fell into it just like we fell in love and mm -hmm. you kind of figure it out along the way. So um, I think for, you know, parents who are listening and it's, it's definitely something we are exploring as we go along and grow alongside our partners and our kids. So I'm very passionate about this topic because I think it's a privilege that we have, you know, and it's a blessing that we have. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think it's a double-edged sword at times because we have to deal with issues that other people may not have to deal with. Yes. But to me, because I'm, I, I try to see the world with positivity as much as I can, to me, it's a blessing. You know, we get the best of both worlds. Um, for me, and I even wrote an article about this where I, I really think that we are in a in a, in a new world now and the way we raise our kids has to be different. Um, we, we have to shift in the way we, we see our children um, as a very active participant in the world that we are shaping together. You know, I think the old school thought is we do as much as we can to kind of leave our kids with, you know, um, with as, as best as we can for them. But really I think now is the time where they are active participants in shaping the world that they are wanting to live in. Um, for me, first and foremost, as a mixed family, of course, of course, number one, first and foremost, is honoring all the different cultures that make up who we are. You know, I speak Mandarin with my son. Uh, I personally speak Taiwanese and Mandarin. Wow. But I didn't want to speak all, all of it because I'd be talking all day. So <laughs> I mostly just focus on Mandarin with him. And of course, you know, we, as much as possible, we live in a pretty white neighborhood, um, town, city. So as much as we can, we definitely try to expose Jordy to different Asian holidays or cultural events. And mm. of course, taking Jordy to see his cousins who are from Barbados. And um, so he is very surrounded by the different cultures as well as other cultures. Um, that is first and foremost. I think, you know, to raise a child who is secure in himself especially in the multifaceted selves that he is, we need to make sure that he, they are exposed, not only exposed, but really embrace mm -hmm. um, that, that foundation of who he is. So I think both parents need to be secure in that as well. You know, I think there are parents who are like, oh no, I don't want to speak yeah. my native language with them because then they're going to get laughed at a school or they're not going to fit in. No, 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 no. You stick to who you are and you develop that. I love that. And you know what? I think traditionally you hit it on the head. It was a lot of that. It was, oh no, like you need to learn English and, you know, don't speak whatever language. And, and I mean, that's happened in my family. And that's why now none of us can speak Ojibwe. Like my grandmother um, spoke her native tongue and she wouldn't speak it in front of her kids because she didn't want them to get teased at school. I mean, the whole residential school thing was still going on. <laughs> um, so it was, they went to like, they didn't go to residential schools. They, they went to, I guess, you know, Catholic white schools. Um, so I, I think I love that now there's that shift. You see a lot more parents and, and people and especially parents, I guess, with their kids being more open about who they are, about their language, about their cultures. And I, I love that. And I, I agree with you. I think it's important that the parents are comfortable because I think we're kind of like that generation that's gapping 
almost like the lost one to now we're like finding <laughs> the next generation or helping, you know, the next generation to be more open and okay with who they are. I find that, I don't know if that happened to you, but with me, um, when I, when I was pregnant and till now, obviously, and I'm sure it'll keep going. Uh, I had this like urge to find out even more about my cultures and about my partner's cultures and just to make sure that I'm educated enough to pass it down to my child. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that. Any, has there been any adjustments made because of the mis- mixed cultures, whether in your relationship or with your son? And I know you've talked a bit about that, but was there anything, you know, maybe when you fell in love and you first met, you know, your, your hubby, how was that? Or were there any, any issues, maybe extended family or, or any things that you've, you were like, oh, I wasn't really prepared for that. Or <laughs> I didn't realize that would happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thinking back, luckily, I, I don't think there were any major things that needed to be mm. adjusted. Um, I mean, I think little things along the way with any marriage, you know, where you've got the, the in-laws and, you know, <laughs> everybody wanting a piece of, of the input of how to raise this child. Um, it's, you know, when, when it's like, it's my parents' first grandchild and a son. So in Asian cultures, it's like, oh my God, yes, the son that they never had because we had three girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so n- not, not anything major, but definitely a little bit of my husband and I needing to find ourselves, um, you know, coming to the same place as, okay, it's you and I and what we decide as, you know, this nuclear team instead of, giving into somebody else or, you know, a grandparent who want things a certain way and just, just making sure that we are prioritizing what him and I decide is, is best for us Mm -hmm. Uh, and sticking to that. I think that was the biggest, um, you know, it wasn't really an adjustment, but really just a coming together of being more sure of us as a unit. Um, Yeah. I think was probably the biggest thing for, for us. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, regardless whether you're mixed or not, I think that's, that's a huge thing. Um, especially when you introduce grandkids. <laughs> um, I'm the same where this is a first grandchild on both my partner and I's side. So yeah, they're very active. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's the relig- there was the religion aspect for us too, you know? So mm. uh, again, just meaning to make sure that whatever we decide is not to defend, it's not to offend anyone, but it's for, for us and what we believe in you know, for, for our, our family. Yeah. Um, and you raise a good point with religion. That's that, cause that, that could be, you know, very touchy, especially cause you know, you might've been raised one way, like it could be two things of either there's two religions between, you know, both partners or, you know, you were raised a certain way, but now you're like, eh. <laughs> you know, I don't necessarily want to pass that on. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a tricky one. I'm going to switch, switch things up a little bit. So you, I understand, obviously you started uh, Black Lives Rising uh, with your husband. And so tell us how that started, what it's all about. How's that going? Yes. And I'm really grateful for, um, you know, opportunities like this to to be able to talk about Black Lives Rising, because Mm -hmm. I think as I talk about it, it's helping me further define and clarify what I want it to be. Um, So of course, after last summer and after George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and, you know, miss all the other um, 
injustice is happening in the U.S. and, and of course around the world. Um, mm. We took our son, who was four at the time, to a few of the local protests and marches. Uh, and, and it really was a very mama bear knee-jerk reaction that I was like, <laughs> I gotta do something, you know, like, I don't know what, but I gotta do something. Because as we are probably gonna talk about a little bit more later, being a parent will, will, will do that. You know, being a mom, for me, I feel like being a, a parent and a mom is a, an opportunity and a privilege to expand ourselves and expand further into who we are. Mm. So it, it wasn't something I, I mentally thought about. It was something that just had to happen. Like you just, <laughs> you couldn't put a lid on it. I was like, I had to do something. Yeah. Um, we have to do what we can for, for our kids. And um, it, it started with just me creating a t-shirt. I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm just gonna put Black Lives Rising on a shirt. Um, it actually was one of the signs that we had made. When we went to the protest, one of the signs I had made was Black Lives Rising. And the reason for the word rising is because I prefer to teach our son to see himself as a leader, to see himself as an active participant in creating change. We, he is not a victim. We are not victims. We are not gonna be making signs that say, don't shoot us. Yeah. Um, that's not the approach that we wanted to go with this movement and this energy. Yeah. The way I see it, my vision is that people of color like us, black people, the black community, black families, black kids, all those who have been oppressed, we do our own part in rising to our best selves so that the world has no choice but to shift in that direction. Mm -hmm. And we need all of us to do that so that we can reach a critical mass so that that shift can happen. This cannot happen if only the elite few does the rising or yes. if those few, you know, few of us who are conscious enough to do the rising. No, we need each and every person. And those who are not traditionally oppressed, those who, who believe in equity and equality to also be on that rising so that yeah. we can shift in that direction. You know yeah. what I mean? So and I think the ally, the ally part is really like so important because Absolutely. traditionally have been part of the problem, right? So, yeah. And I think we, we are starting to see that shift happen, which is mm -hmm. great. Um, you know, for, for me, I mean, I, knew, I felt a little funny the first time I wore the shirt out saying, oh my God, like people are gonna think who's this Asian chick wearing Black Lives Rising, you know? Um, and it may, I'm sure it made some people uncomfortable, but you know, that's the first step. So, um, so, you know, slowly the t-shirt kind of evolved into just kind of, it started with just a lot of awareness, a lot of talking about this idea, you know, and um, because of the pandemic and the lockdowns and the homeschools and stuff, I, um, you know, we really feel like we haven't been able to progress as much as we would like, but it is what it is and all in perfect timing. But, um, you know, we would like to be able to build something that's going to really provide, you know, online as well in-person opportunities to really encourage equity and full potential and inspired living for the Black community so that we can rise together. So whether that's going to be on an online platform um, with events and experts teaching um, the BIPOC, like BOP, experts in the BIPOC community teaching the BIPOC community, um, removing barriers like uh, my husband is in the sports world, so really removing barriers to a lot of traditionally white elitist sports like golf, mm -hmm. you know, tennis, hockey, uh, things like that. So 
we're still kind of gathering what we want to land on the most that'll one, make the most impact and two, means the most of us to our family, of course, you know, because it stemmed from our family and our son. So I'm really mm -hmm. feeling pulled towards doing more with mixed families and moms uh, and families and parents for sure. So awesome. Well, I've got, I've got the t-shirts and <laughs> I, I love it. I'm all about it. And I think you, you raised a good point when you said that when you wore the t-shirt, you know, you kind of felt uncomfortable and you're like, I'm sure it made other people uncomfortable. I, I get that because I'm white passing people, you know, do not think that I am indigenous or anything else. Right. And I mean, our daughter, like, even though she, she is darker than me, I'm sure most people looking at her right now, like time will tell like what her true, I guess, tint will be. Um, but, but technically like she, she would pass, like if she's just with me, I don't think anybody would really guess right now that her dad is black. And so it's, it's, because I do have a couple shirts that say, you know, like value black lives. And then I have your, your t-shirt. And I know when I, when I wear them, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what people, like if people just assume that, oh, I'm just like an ally or if I'm in, I'm involved with someone or whatever. Right. So yeah, it's, but I think it's important regardless. And yes. I almost want people to ask me, but you know, people don't, but um, <laughs> I almost want to, it's like, let's start this conversation. Yeah, right. Conversation absolutely yeah. yes yeah so it's uh, I think that's a good point the uncomfortableness needs to happen because that's that's how you grow and that's how you learn you get better and do better <laughs> yes so how can we get involved or how can we support Black Lives Rising yeah I mean right now mostly um you know we are, of course, on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I, I would say we're most active on Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. I, we're doing a lot of resharing of other great things that's happening in the community because there's so much great things happening. It's incredible. Um, mm -hmm. The momentum really has been building so much since last summer, and I know more uh, is coming. Uh, so if you're on Instagram, definitely follow us at Black Lives Rising. Uh, that's the easiest way to connect. We've had a lot of people reach out and want to collaborate one way or another. So if you do have ideas you want to you know uh, run by us or talk to us about just drop me a note it's mostly me uh, on there on Instagram we've started some kind of partnerships and collaborations nothing very uh, too set in stone yet just because we're still navigating exactly what we want it to be but we've been building relationships and building relationships and building relationships and that is what it's all about so um, you know if you're passionate about being on this side of the seesaw to, to rise together we uh, let's definitely connect so that we can be in community together so uh, and of course if you want to wear a shirt always uh, feel free to buy a shirt sweatshirt toque whatever not toque right now but in the winter um, <laughs> we are blacklivesrising.com love it yes go check out the merchandise I um I love it and I, I thank you so much you had a little one for, you added a little one for the for the baby so I can't wait to either wrap it around her or until, until she's big enough to fit before you know it she'll be big enough to wear it so yeah, yeah. it's going by fast the newborn stuff's already out the window so <laughs> it's fast so as mentioned you're a published writer so congratulations I understand that you're working on the next book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yes. And um, I, I love the power of words. I've always been, uh, I'm a nerd. I read a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like books are, of course, one of the biggest ways to, to make an impact. My next collaborative book that I'm doing alongside with my publisher, Golden Brick Road Publishing House, um, which is also indigen Indigenous owned here in Ontario, mm -hmm. um, is a book to amplify women of color change makers and women of color who are already doing positive things and you know awesome things to to help the world whether that's by being an, a very intentional parent about the way that you're raising your child to towards you know equity and and peace and love or you are somebody who's doing things in the community or in your company or um you know creating some sort of movement or or project so any women of color who are actively doing something great for the world I want to amplify, we want to amplify not only these voices, but for it to become the mainstream, you know, so that we are no longer marginalized voices. We, we have always been here. We are here. We will be here uh, in yeah. bigger numbers and force. And the bookshelves need to reflect that. And, um, you know, I'm just really, really excited to come together with other women who are like-minded, like-hearted, and um, share more of what we are here to offer. We have expertise, we have insight and wisdom, and unique ways to solve the problems that we are facing ourselves. So um, it's it's time for us to to share that. Oh, I love that. I love it. And I think it's great. And I hope everybody goes out and buys the books. <laughs> yeah, um, summer, uh, we are, um, it's going to be published next August, August 19th on okay. World Humanitarian Day. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that. So yeah, I love that. I love that it's on that day. Um, and the whole, you know, raising these voices and amplifying them so that they're no longer minority. I think that's the key so that we no longer need to say that we're part of the BIPOC, you know, community or that we're where race isn't even a thing where we have just as many, you know, Asians, indigenous, blacks, whatever, doing everything, whether it's sports or books or TV, like, you know, representation in everything so that yeah. we don't necessarily have to raise our kids to be like, hey, just because of how you look or where you come from yes, you can do this, you know, so it's, yeah, I think we got to start somewhere. And I think the ball has started to roll. But we do have a long way to go still. But you know what, I think all these projects, and you're part of so many, <laughs> I don't know how you do it all. But, <laughs> but I think that's awesome. And that's, that's how it's going to happen. Yes. And I think, you know, for for those of us who are blessed enough to, to be moms, you know, mm. to be parents, that it's our job. It's our job to be able to kind of teach and bring our kids along so that they see that they're the ones who are also creating change. Mm -hmm. um, it starts at a very young age. And, you know, as, as we, as we know, racism and hate can start at a very young age too, if that's what you teach them. So mm -hmm. it's more important than ever that all of us who are parents approach this with a very conscious decision and intent to raise our kids towards equality and equity and love. Yes. And I think it's really important too, as a parent, like I've, I've realized it just through my upbringing and through where I lived. I lived in a very small town, mostly white. We did have um, several uh, reserves like reservations around, but otherwise there really wasn't, you know, any other races really. And it's not that people were raised 
racist, but they were never exposed to it. And just the the way you talk, the way you act, it's just, you know, you're within your own little group, your own little race. And I think it's even more important for people who maybe don't live in diverse areas to expose their kids, whether it's in books or, you know, TV or whatever. I think that's even more important because, you know, you don't want the children to to grow up and all of a sudden they're you know getting a job somewhere and it's like culture shock <laughs> absolutely and it starts with us parents you know like yeah. looking at our, our own worldview like how big is my own circle you know mm-hmm. and how many diverse friends do i have you know have i ever tried you know this type of food so just expanding our own worldview so that we can ex- share that with our kids absolutely yeah no that's huge um, so as how has being a mom changed or influenced? And I, I mean, we've kind of talked about this right now, but how has it changed or influenced you in your work or how you pursue, you know, equity or equality? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely everything, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I mean, I've always been very aware and very kind of conscious of, you know, my kind of wanting to live a, a life with purpose. I, I want to be able to make a difference and an impact, but I think by being a mom, I feel that times a thousand, you know, <laughs> because it's no longer just my life now. It's it's now a life that we have created and we were responsible and in, in, in bringing into this world. It's like, what kind of world are we leaving these kids? Um, so it definitely has amplified um, in a very good way because I think it just gives you that much more of a, of a true drive, you know, you're um, not doing it from a selfish place anymore. And I think if more people Mm. can come to that place where you're no longer selfish about existence and living the world will be a much better place a lot more quicker so and you don't have to be a parent you know to to be able to arrive at that place but especially those of us who do have kids let let it fuel you you know what I mean let it use it as as something that can kind of propel you and the world to to a bigger and better place yes and I totally feel that (laughs) (laughs) it started when I got pregnant and it's still going and yeah I mean part of uh it's part of this podcast is exactly that right just to try to amplify and try to make those connections um to be that example for the next generation for my daughter what you were saying about the like the drive and the pursuit like in the indigenous communities there's this saying where you live you live your life, but you live it for the next seven generations. So whatever you do will affect the next seven generations. So if you plant a garden or whatever you do, you don't want to like overuse the soil. So every couple of years they would, you know, rotate around and, you know, where you hunt or where you gather, you make sure you don't overhunt, you know, because your next seven generations need to also be able to hunt or to gather. That can also be used today when you think about it, right? So yeah, just that simple way of living. I mean, it is so simple, but it could solve a lot of things. (laughs) And I wish, you know, I, I wish the world would get to know and kind of return to more of the indigenous ways of, of living and being on this earth is that everything we do is, is cause and effect. Everything mm-hmm. we do affects somebody else. So if you're listening and you're not somebody, you know, in, in a mixed race relationship or family, you are still part of, part of that connection. Yes. What you do still has cause and effect. 
And um, yeah, I mean, this conversation applies to every single person yeah. of every color. So. No, I love it. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, so where can we find you? You've, you've said mostly on Instagram, uh, your merchandise, your books. How can we follow you or get a hold of you? So if you want to rhyme some stuff off and I'll make sure to add all the links in the description notes. So for those listening, you'll be able to just click on the links. Thank you. Yes. So, um, you know, on Instagram, it's funny what you said at the beginning, how we connect online and Hmm. that's our world now. Um, On Instagram, you can definitely connect with me there, lola.t.small. And when the book comes out next uh, summer, I'll be sure to share more of that information. But yes, connect with me on Instagram. I would love to hear from you and continue to have these conversations and continue to come up with solutions and ideas and possibilities for 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 change and for taking action so thank you so much lynn love it and my last question i ask pretty much everybody (laughs) um what does mixed identity mean to you to me it's the best of all worlds Hmm. and it's the the ability to connect and be a bridge and transcend anything and everything it's it's you know it's the best of all worlds because everything is connected and all is one so being mixed race you know whether it's self or partnership or family it's the best of our world so let's amplify that yes mic drop (laughs) I love that and I love that you you know mixed identity can be the family unit because that's exactly it right you can be in a mixed identity because of your family not necessarily because of you mixed yeah you know really that's the future yes right oh my goodness yes it's the fastest growing so you know get used to it (laughs) and join in (laughs) we're not going anywhere (laughs) it's the best (laughs) oh i love it awesome again thank you so much for being here sharing your work with us uh what you're doing is important I'm super glad that I got to share it with our listeners. So thank you. That's a wrap for this week's episode. If you liked it or you think someone else would, then please share it. If you're on Apple, please leave a review. Miigwech, merci, and thank you. And have a great weekend, everyone.